So, everyone, the big news is we're pregnant. And the other big news is I'm upgrading the brakes on my Mustang. <laughs> if you really love cars, Auto One. Hey, it's Nick from the Talking Power Podcast, and we've got episode 97 coming your way. On this episode, we have Simon Gonzo Travellini in the studio and Todd Brinkworth, our co hosts, joining us here. In this episode, we'll be discussing everything Formula One and where Lewis Hamilton stands as the greatest of all time. We also discuss the world record that uh, we've since found out is no longer a world record. We discuss the SSC Tuatara, its world record attempt at the fastest production car. Was it really a world record? We also discuss the IHRA Real Street uh, rules that have just come out. And while we're at it, we also have a quick discussion about supercars in the future given the Adelaide 500's demise and Roger Penske leaving the sport. While we're there we also discuss world motorsport and motoring news, the new release of the electric Hummer. We have a quick discussion about that. All that coming up in episode 97. Hi, it's Nick here from the Talk and Power podcast. We are proud to announce Auto One as our brand partner for the podcast. Auto One, it's the one. You can now order online with click and collect or get your order shipped. Head to www.autoone.com.au. Like us at the podcast, Auto One has a passion for cars and all things automotive. They understand your love of cars too. With great prices and the biggest brands you know and trust, they are sure to be able to help you with your project whether it be replacing your wiper blades, fitting out your four-wheel drive with the latest gear, or rebuilding your dad's old HQ Holden. Not sure on how to install those spotlights? Don't panic. Just head to the website and click on the do-it-yourself videos, and Rico will talk you through the process. From Auto One in Albany, up to Auto One in Caratha, across to Auto One in Townsville, down to Auto One in Hobart and over 50 stores in between. Auto One has a retail store nearby with expert advice and the stock on hand. Auto One is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices. Coupled with the team's knowledge and experience, Auto One, it's the one. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM. The Valley Comes Alive and podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au Welcome to episode 97 of the Talking Power podcast. I am Nick DiCimbri and I am joined with my co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini over there and Todd Brinkworth doing some research on his laptop right here. How are we guys? I'm I'm great. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I just had to race straight from work so we can get this done. Get, so. get this done and get it <laughs> Let's out get it done. So. Let's get it done. And the question that I asked uh, Todd at 8 o'clock this morning, he's still looking up the answer. Oh, I was working. <laughs> and it's been a hard day. It's been a hard day. It's been a hard day for Todd. Hard day's night, you know. Hey guys, um, we need to just quickly shout out uh, this this podcast. We're going to talk 
we're going to get in depth with a number of things but we're going to keep things on a positive note episode 100 is just about here that is going to be december 13 at city motors the old city motors in northbridge and it's the gone but not forgotten holden motor show and we're doing that in conjunction with the people at shannon's the other thing i've got to make note of here is all the money raised that that event will be going to movember so Shout out to Shannon's for helping us with that. The show will run from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Which one of us is growing a moustache? Todd. Todd. Todd and you, not me. I can't grow a moustache. I can't grow one. So maybe we should all grow one, but just in the spit. To, yeah, I'll, to I'll keep stop it. shaving now. I'm, I might be all right. You can send that memo to my wife. <laughs> even I'm, I'm shocking at growing facial hair, even though I'm Italian. I'm terrible. Terrible at it. You'll never get a job in the mines, Nick. No, never. No, I won't. I won't. And if you're listening on 88.5 FM as well, make sure you get on down there as well. We're really looking forward to it. That'll be our episode 100. So really, really looking forward to that. You don't, you don't feel that there's a touch of irony in, in that? A little, well, there is a bit, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, a, just a tad. <laughs> just a tad. We're celebrating our 100th episode. We're, we're actually Ford guys. And I don't know about Todd, but Simon and myself are Ford guys. But look, I mean... JDM. JDM all the way. JDM. But we're really looking forward to it. And uh, the guys from Shannon's and be very helpful. It will be the gone but not forgotten car show. So we'll, we'll have more details on that. But that's basically it. The December. He, he used to be Nissan, which is kind of Holden. Mm, that's true. But, but, but uh, he, he, you know, he figured it out. Evo is the answer. <laughs> I, I like how you support my Evo so much. And sometimes I kick the thing and go, stuff you. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Evo. What's there not to love? Not a fan of the RB30 that made its way into the oh, no, I love the RB30, and to answer Simon's question... I think it's a fantastic forklift motor, <laughs> which is which is what, what it comes out in in Japan. Yeah. yeah. It comes in <laughs> TCM forklifts. There you go, I didn't know that. <laughs> they also used the... And Nissan uh, forklifts. They used the four-banger. Yeah, the 1200. Yeah, oh, no, the they, 1600. They use like the two-liter with a single-cam head in a lot of motors as well. I've not port- seen that one. Yeah, I've seen the pushrod one. I actually own one. Yeah, no, they are. It's pretty amusing. <laughs> oh, your 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 forklift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wow. got a sixteen hundred, I think, pushrod. Okay. You know, hey, at least Toyota put a four K in there forklift. <laughs> you know, who <laughs> <laughs> suddenly become a forklift. You've got to wonder whether the, whether the RB thirty powered forklifts. Crack their cylinder heads through the middle. Like, I mean, hang on, that's only in VLs. Too much boost. <laughs> anyway, we wow. need to move on. We need to move on. Hey, world records. When is a world record not really a world record? And I don't know. Have you seen the controversy? Yes. I'm, I'm, you mentioned the name in here that I'm going to get upset about in a minute, but go on. Who? Who? No, just keep talking about it in a minute. Who? Who, Who are you going to get upset about? Uh, Jared Shell. Shmee. Oh, Shmee. You don't like Shmee? No. Is he the guy in the video, the second video? He's the guy. No, I don't think I'll put a link to that. Shmi is the guy that uh, basically found some fundamental errors in the in the, in the the run, basically. Yeah, I, so did I. I watched the video, mm. and the first thing I noticed was it had an LS in it. So it is an LS, is it? Because I've heard that on another podcast, but I have yet to see that. Mate, so it's so, an LS. Okay, yeah, so, so supercar and LS engine in the same sentence, not going to fly with me. Cause that's not going to fly with me. That's a Tim Nelson motor, that one, in that. In that oh, yeah, it's an NRE motor. Yeah. Yeah. Nelson Racing Engines. Mm, yeah. 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 It's an LS. 
Yeah, okay. All right. But okay. He, he does build some okay LSs. Still an LS. Okay, just... Still an LS. Come say, on, man. Have you, have you seen a Ferrari engine in bits? Yeah. It's it's just art. It's it art. Even their yeah. 1960s engines, mm. was, it's art. That's a good point you raised there. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? It is. It's got I'm, lots of valves and lots of cams and funny belts going everywhere. Whereas an LS is just... One cam. One cam. We would like to always two valves. Say we're happy to see everybody in a month's time at the gauntlet. I've forgotten, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, we're gonna, get, we're gonna get bashed there. <laughs> we're actually looking forward to it. We're just passionate. Okay? Oh, look, 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 an LS has got its place. It's got its place. It's not in the middle of a supercar. Yeah, that's true. You raise a good point. I you know what I mean? Agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, agree. I mean, you know, if you say that that oh look, you know, it's a supercar, but it's got an LS engine. Mm. It's like. Well, what part did you do? Mm, yeah, yeah, you know, and and correct me if I'm wrong. That looks like a um, a hu- oh, not a Hewland. It looks like it's a. Uh, I'm trying to think of it. it. Possibly not an Albans, but some generic transmission, mm. right? Okay, so they didn't build the engine. They didn't build the transmission. You see where I'm going with yeah, this? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's got Penske shocks on it. <laughs> <laughs> so what have I got left? A bit of carbon fibre in the middle and some probably chromoly. Yeah. They probably robbed the uprights off of something else as well. Well, this is why the claims that they're making, the 331 mile an hour and the average speed of 316 mile an hour, whatever it may be, this is quite important that we get this right because at the end of the day, you know, as it stands right now, Bugatti, uh, the Chiron is the is the record holder. But th- this is my point. This is quite important that we get this right because people invest substantial money in the claim that they're that they're buying the yeah, fastest. Yeah, but, but hang on, hang car. on. It, like, regardless of what I said about LS power, etc. Right? Mm. If you if you had those two cars sitting in front of you, right? One's five million euros. The last time I looked, it's probably more now, right? About that. The other one's 1.2 million US, mm. right? I'm going to buy the... I can't even say the name of this thing. The SSC... Turatara. Mahindra or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> don't bring their name into this. <laughs> <laughs> one. Whatever it is. Tuatara. Obviously a decent Tuatara. Not one Atara, two Atara. Two Atara. Two Ataris? Two Ataris? Yeah. Two Atara. Hey, I wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Tora Tora. That was For a good band, Tora Tora. Don't knock the Tora Tora. Yeah. So I would definitely buy one of those because it's better value for money. Hmm. And and it it's a good looking car. I mean, you know, I'm, I am going to bag it out because it's got an LS and I, I would like to think that Jared Shelby has plans of, you know, putting his own engine hmm. together. Rather than just using a GM product. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's have a look at the issue here. So we're going to play the video here. So this is our... Now, keep an eye out on the left of the left of field, left of the screen. You'll see the break in the medium, the medium strip there. Anyway, I'm going to play the video. Right about there. Okay, there's one. So we're doing 197 mile an hour.
and there is the other one, 308 mile an hour. How far apart are those? I can't remember. It's in the it's in the video. Sheep Shmi Shmi One Hundred and Fifty says. And then there's another. He measures. There's another break up here. And coming right up. Yeah, but he's slowing down. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Right there. Okay. So I'll just pause the video there. So the issue is basically his entry speed and exit speed at those markers, okay? His entry and, and exit speed at those, so his entry speed and exit speed uh, was higher, both speeds were higher than his average speed between those two markers. So Shmi, so his entry speed and exit speed at those two markers there were both higher than his average speed between those two markers. Okay, so that's impossible to, to, to have. That's impossible to be. How do they know the distance between the two markers? Uh, because they've measured that over <laughs> Google Maps. So over Google Maps, you can see the break in the medium in the medium strip. They've measured it okay, over Google yeah, Maps. No, you've sold me on that. Anyway, so... <laughs> hang on a sec. Hang on, hang on. So that's, that's one reason. They've overlaid this video as well, which I don't have here, but they've overlaid this video with the Koenigsegg uh, video at exactly the same place. Yep. And the Koenigsegg was significantly quicker as well. And their speed was 280 mile an hour. Yeah, but there's a lot of assumptions made there. There's a lot of assumptions. You're assuming that the time coding on the video is right? No, well, the assumption is that that video is in, in real time. So the, the time code on the video there, he's... You're right. If the video was slower... If the video is stretched for whatever reason... Yes. But at the end of the day, um, they don't have the video footage to suggest or backup data to suggest that that speed was correct so jared jared shelby's come out uh, yeah yeah I, I i i know he's come out and he said that they're going to do it again mm. and um do i think he can do it i can't see why i wouldn't it's got plenty of power yeah but that was the other thing they've gone on which i'm not going to get into here because i'm not technically minded that minded mm. But theoretically, the amount of horsepower it was making with the gear ratios and the tyre size and the drag coefficient would have been impossible to do 330. It's got a low CD. I think it was 0.285 or something. Yeah. And I, like I said, I'm not going to go through that here because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to challenge that. I'm just saying that when they worked all that out as well, the, the theoretical speed was around about 280, 285 mile an hour, not 330. Let's just have a listen to Jared here. So, as I sat there thinking through, there was just no way to now make this perfect. It hit me. We have to rerun the record. We have to do this again. And do it in a way that it's undeniable and irrefutable. So the next time we do this, which is we're going to prepare to do it in the very near future, we need to make sure we have multiple GPS companies' equipment in the car. I want to make sure that we have their staff on site looking over our shoulders and analyzing every run, every detail of this. I want to do this not only for my staff and all the people that have been involved in this project for years, 
but for our current and future customers. We'll leave it there, and uh, yeah, so they, they're going to be rerunning this. And I guess at the end of the day, it's just, it just it proves that they were probably not as prepared as what they wanted to be when they when they put this when they put this together. <coughs> Bless you, Todd. I I, I, look, I still reckon one point two million is a good deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there's no doubt that the car is fast. We're not we're not we're not disputing that the car is slow. It's it's it was when they worked it out the the time. Over the distance, it was it was running roughly two eighty mile an hour. But anyway, there's there's some speculation. And what, what I didn't like about it, this was the the GPS company kind of washed their hands of it. Eh? Yeah, 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 and so did the video company as well. The video editing was was third partied out as well, and they've done the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, look, that's uh, <laughs> on that on that bombshell. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a short break here and we'll be back with some supercar news right after this. How was your day, sweetie? Terrible. A deal that I've been working on for weeks fell apart and. Yep. I- <sighs> Sounds like the time the gearbox went in my patrol. How is that the same, Terry? If you really love cars, Auto One. Alright, I want to be serious for a moment here. I want to preface this segment by advising that this is not a slur on supercars. I should leave now. Then. You should yeah. leave. But this is not a slur on supercars. These, these are merely the facts. And, I mean, just after our podcast last week, uh, Roger Penske advised that he was leaving the sport. Uh, let, let's have your thoughts on that first. I mean, the, some of the questions that come into my mind, will, will DJR be as competitive without Roger's investment? Will they oh, be? So, I thought you were just... <laughs> uh, these are just some... Because yeah, I think we need to talk about why Roger's leaving first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's without Roger's presence, are we likely to have as much widespread mining, industrial and transport influence investment in the corporate hospita- hospitality of the sport as well? These are all questions that come in my mind anyway. Probably not the normal questions. That no. How exciting is the sport going to be with, with Holden's departure? And I'm, we all talked about the Camaro coming in, and that's that's great. I mean, but at the end of the day... But um, the, the sport sucked for years. You know, I, I, I watched the Bathurst 6 hour from 2017 mm. right, the other day, and I thought, why can't touring car racing be like this? This is actually good to watch, you know. Yeah. It was good to watch. Todd, did you see the same race? It was on yesterday. It was no, a I missed it, unfortunately. But it was. It was awesome. I must you know, have been it, it went down in the last couple of laps with yeah. the, the Evo and the BMW mm. fighting it out. Yeah. Yeah. But I know the race. I've seen it before. I know so, so now that we don't have local manufacturing, can we just go back to Group A? <laughs> I mean, well... That was thrown on the table, but now they're going the Gen 3 route, which is probably later in the question. Oh, it's just, you know, it had so much, our touring car series had so much appeal in America because they 
genuinely believed that they were road-going cars. Mm. Yeah. And it was it was pretty funny when I told them, no, they're basically like your NASCARs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. That's what they've evolved into. That's, that, that is what they've evolved into. And it's, I mean, it is an indictment on the sport that, that Roger Penske is leaving. I'm really disappointed oh, by yeah. the fact that he's he's departed the sport. Uh, I'm also, I mean, I'm happy for Scotty McLaughlin, but I think that's going to have an impact as well. Yeah. Fabian Coulthard has been shown the door at DJR as well. <laughs> has he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're getting to that. Oh. Well, well look, I, will he be as competitive without Roger's investment? Is, um, uh, is, uh... Dick Johnson? No. Is, <laughs> is Andretti still... Yeah, um, yeah, Wilkinshaw Andretti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's still going ahead? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, is Roger pulling out but not pulling out? To answer you the first question, mm. I reckon DJR will be able to stand themselves up for a year based on what they already know and have. Data, yep. Because... No, listen, I, I'm not... I don't know, man. The, the thing is... Um, no you bucks, know, you, no it, is, it is pretty obvious <laughs> that the tables are skewed towards GM. Yeah. In the commentary, in the rules, you know, yeah, the, right. the, yeah, the yeah. aero packages... You know, like, you don't see them giving Mustangs better aero packages. They're forever taking aero away from them and forever giving the Commodores better aero packages. And, you know, that ZB Fairlane, I'm pretty keen to get my hands on one and build one into a door slammer because I reckon that body is (laughs) slippery as. Mm. It it looks like, um, you know, wherever it came from, Buick, Opal, whoever it was that that designed it. Buick, yeah. Yeah, they did a pretty good job of it you know yeah. mm. um, so I don't know uh, I don't know whether a lot of what they've got you know and, and look at the satellite teams like um, Kelly mm. you know geez, they've they got their stuff together in a hurry didn't they yeah, yeah they, they did, did. <laughs> they, they got their, after they years got of fighting with the Nissan they got given the yeah that mm. badge and oh hey look at us so um, are they going to be as competitive without Scotty wow Scotty's a pretty good driver. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and if they got rid of Fabian, then what are they? They're starting with a clean slate. Yeah. Yeah. Fabian will be retained if possible for if he chooses to stay on as a uh, enduro co-driver. But that is it. So Pasquale, uh, sorry, Di Pasquale, no doubt. The yeah. door has to be open yeah. now for him. And I'm thinking Will Brown as well. Or He's what? good. What else he's good. He, if he gets a crack, yeah, he, he he's gonna ups, he's gonna break a lot of hearts. Well, as I said to Nick on a message the other day, I said, well, otherwise, Erebus Team DJR, just shift the whole team over, swap badges on your way. Let's go. I don't know. I'd rather see Brown driving. Yeah, well, yeah. me too. But anyway, that's, that's I'm telling you now, he will break a lot of hearts. Yeah. That kid can drive. Mm, he's great. He's good. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's my gut feel at the moment. And the demise of the Adelaide 500, we've had news as well that the Adelaide 500 is no, no longer. Most people in South Australia said that that's been coming for a long time. One of the things I wasn't a big fan of today was Sean Seymour meeting with the Labor leader, the opposition leader in South Australia, shaking hands and saying that, you know, basically they want to work work together with, with the supercars to get the Adelaide 500 back. I think it's too early to be politically yeah. making a story out of this. <clears throat> well, we've seen this before, haven't we? 
We have, but Barbara I don't Gallo think... Raceway. I don't think the timing is right right now. No, I, I don't think, you know, Steve Marshall... I shouldn't talk, I don't know. So, you know what, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I will say is that... Do you think that this year's Adelaide 500 crowd, even though we had no COVID restrictions, it was prior to COVID, it was only the week before... It was the 23rd... The 22nd and 23rd of February. Yeah. Now, Todd, if you remember, the weekend after, we were at Race Wars. Yes. Now, in your mind, were you comfortable... At no time were we uncomfortable, but were you comfortable with the health situation in the nation at that stage? Yeah. You, well, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we were. We mentioned it. Yeah. And we had a... I hate to say a bit of a laugh about it, but... Yeah. It's his target. No, this no, no, was no. race war. So it was the oh, week okay. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to frame up here in everyone's minds their their mindset around that time yeah. because this year's crowd at the Adelaide 500 was only 206,000, which was their lowest they've ever had. But I'm trying to preface that with by saying was that affected by COVID, even though there was no restrictions. Yeah. Just bear no. in mind. Just bear in mind that the weekend after we had our first COVID death in Western Australia. Well, let's say the week the week after that also was the last rally sprint at Targa. No, that was two weeks after that. Oh, well, sorry, and we also and no, we were sanitising our hands. It was it was really topical by then. And to me, that was that was the like that Friday, the day after, was when everything went completely. Pear shaped. Yeah, but anyway. you don't think that the two hundred and six was affected by no. people? You don't reckon? No, just maybe the crowds were down. The, I'll, I'll be honest; it wasn't on, on my radar. It wasn't until a friend of mine turned around and said, "Hey, you've been to the twelve hour. You've done this. You've done that. Why don't you go to the Adelaide, you know, classic?" And I'm like, "It was on." Which. No, I still think in, in That's Adelaide my there would have been a, a perception, a public health perception that it probably might not have been safe to attend. And I can completely understand why that crowd number was down. I don't think that's reflective <laughs> I, I, I think, of the I event. Think, I, think, I think you're wrong. I okay. think you're wrong. And, and, yeah. and By 40,000 people? People no. there, right? They're very old school. Yep. And they're not going to have the wool pulled over their eyes that... This thing that they call supercars is, you know, anything to do with anything. Mm-hmm. No, no, okay. Oh, no, I take that, I take that on board, and I, I I respect that. And if I'm wrong, I am wrong. That's I'm just putting it out there because we you know, I mean, look, use look, that look, number. The, the evidence is here, right? Mm. Okay, so they had two hundred and seventy-three thousand five hundred. Yep. When Robbie Williams performed, yeah. what does that say about the crowd that went? <laughs> yeah. What does that say about yeah. the crowd? They were there to see Robbie Williams. Yeah, but yeah. but I mean, they went to see Robbie Williams. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? They're not car enthusiasts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, no point taken. I mean, he doesn't. Have, he does songs that that people who were famous did a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to say. I'm just trying to suggest that the 2020 crowd attendance might not have been reflective of the lack of public appeal for the event. I think there may have been inherent health issues Nick, the that reason, were circulating. The reason that this event got shut down is because it's too expensive to run. Well, that brings me to my next point, which you can you can say. What do you mean? 
<laughs> oh, the cost of street events is substantially it's in, it's more in the note. <laughs> than, than an event that's held at a purpose-built racetrack. I had to think about this today. Think about the events that have lasted time. The Bathurst 1000. The Sandown. Oh, Sandown's probably not the greatest example because they will, they will race there again. But, but, but here's the thing, right? It's not even about that. It's about the fact that the state government has to tip in so much money, right? Tracks, events that are held on street circuits are inherently expensive to put on. It's, it's uh, race tracks like Barbagello, Simmons Plains, Bathurst, uh, Phillip Island was the other one um, I wrote down. You know, yeah. Bathurst is a street circuit. Yeah, but you're missing the point. It's, <laughs> yes, it, is a street, it is a street circuit, but it's it's switched into a racetrack yeah, easily. Yeah. Right, those tracks there across Australia... It's a purpose-built street circuit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those no, it tracks. Is. It, it actually is. Yeah. Those tracks there have the ability to support grassroots motorsport events during the year and make them financially viable to yeah. a certain extent. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's no-brainer that these events have a long-term um, patronage for the supercars. Yes, I know we've missed out two years at Barbagello, 2010 and this year, yeah. but they were for slightly different reasons. We've been having a, a round of the Australian Touring Car Championship since the 60s. Mm. The yeah. same with Simmons Plains and the, the same... Real, the real championship. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And what's the key? It's at a purpose-built circuit, and it's not a huge investment into infrastructure and the, 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 the building of an event beforehand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're out by yourself on this one. Am I? Just bef before we Sorry. go, I, I, my biggest concern for the V8 supercars is is how are they... How are they going to function without Rick Kelly's hair? I, I'm concerned about that too. <laughs> Rick what's, Kelly's pulled the pin, eh? What's going to yeah. happen? What's going to? Do you do you think that we can buy that fiberglass mold that he? I'd love to. <laughs> the Lego Man haircut he bolts on every day, every race. <laughs> Maybe it's just, there's one thing that it just clips in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, on that bomb, Michelle, we'll take a short break here and we'll be back right after this with IHRA Real Street News right after this. All right, Simon, I've got it in the notes. Lay it on us. What are your thoughts on the new Real Street class just announced recently by the IHRA this week? Todd, to assist you, the Real Street is a new class dedicated for genuine off-street vehicles, full street registration, and compliance is mandatory. That has that has compliance. That that has <laughs> issues. I'll talk about that a bit later. What do you that, mean, that, compliance? That, sorry, I've read. Do that. what the IHRA tells you to do. So. No, no, <laughs> full street registration and you compliance is mandatory. <laughs> oh, compliance plates are mandatory. Yeah, yeah, full street registration and compliance mandatory. Yes. <laughs> I thought he else had a pot rinse can't fix. Does anyway. it need to comply with street registration? <laughs> well, that's a that's a very good question. Yes, it does. One of my favourites is the um, the class requirement for no trans brake. I'm pretty sure that Mustang comes factory with a trans brake. It does. So, yep. what do you do there? Mm -hmm. 
Um, then, all right, so uh, here's what my problem with this, right? Uh, ARST, RST standing for Real Street, mm. uh, 2013 later, compliance, street registered vehicles competing a 9.0 to 12.99, right? Uh, a maximum speed of 165 mile an hour. Now, I, I just want to um, put something out here. 165 mile an hour, right? I think for these classes <laughs> makes a lot of sense because uh, when your car's really, really, really inefficient and designed really badly, you can go 90-165. What this is, is this continuing battle between tracks, governing bodies, about who's prepared to go that step further. So, um, everyone's trying to raise the bar about, yeah, that's the one I, I use from time to time, um, about how, how fast, how quick are we going to allow cars to go with our roll cages. Now, you need to understand a few things about insurance and you know, motorsport in general, okay? So there is an organisation in uh, Europe called FIA, the Federation Internationale of Automobile. Automobile. That's it, right? They are the gods of of this sanctioning deal. They have licensed CAMs in Australia. Motorsport Australia now. Yeah, Motorsport Australia. Australia. Right, so... Those guys are the ones that, you know, we, we would be satisfied that if they say yeah, then it's yeah. Now, Todd, you run under CAMS rules. Yes. In target competition, how fast are you allowed to go without a roll cage? 130 k's an hour. 130 kilometres an hour. But some fine print that I did find for you today, this is what is a bit scary. I can go run in target mm-hmm. in well, what they call it as Australian classified night specification, up to 130 with, a, nah, with no roll cage. No roll cage. 130. However, <laughs> I can go run a rally sprint. Yep. Right? I can run open with no roll cage. Yep. Under cams. But but are there rules limiting the modifications to your car in rally sprint? Yes. And And how fast do you think your car would go? I don't know, but I have seen cars with no roll cages do, we'll say, 160 plus down the back okay. straight. So, so under the old Andrew <laughs> rules, the cutoff was 11.0. Yep. Um, I, I've seen cars go 125. I owned a car that went 125 mile an hour, 11.0. So it's basically 200 kilometres an hour, right? 200 kilometres an hour with no roll cage is still a little bit sketchy. If you, if you, you know, have a big end accident... You know, there is a good chance that you, you're going to get hurt at, at 200, right? How fast is a, is 165 mile an hour in kilometres for the oh, the I millennials out there? Close that. Hang on. Oh, 265 kilometres an hour with no roll cage. Yes. As far as the rest of the rules go, I, I don't understand what they're trying to do. If they're trying to introduce more people into the sport, they're really going about it the wrong way. What you need to do is you need to explain to sport to more people 
so that they will, you know, get excited about getting involved in it. Lowering the requirement for roll cages has the exact opposite effect. What ends up happening is guys go down there, run a number, and then you never see them again. Mm. Yep. That's just what yeah. happens. They're not going to go down there and competitively raced. If you made roll cages mandatory in all the classes, regardless of whether you're running 1299, you will, in a short amount of time, you'll turn some races away. But within three or four years, you'll actually have more races because now those cars, they can't be driven on the road anymore. They're dedicated race cars. Yep. And those guys are, are more likely to come to every meeting and race. No different in cams, no different at Barbie Gallows, no different in, in any of the, the classes. And here's the thing, right? Tell me what speedway class there is where I can show up in my streetcar. Yeah, that's right. There isn't one. Yeah. Right? So why is it that we're forever trying to, oh, you know, we'll, we'll relax the rules a bit more. It's dumb. It's dumb and, and it's fraught with danger. And cool. Here's one of the things that I picked up on as well, apart from all of that. <clears throat> it's an, a further watering down of Super Sedan and Super Street. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because we, we just seem to be obsessed with doing that at the moment. And it's, uh, I mean, not that I really don't mind too much, but it's further fragmentation of the radial class as well. So, and here's the, the biggest issue that I have. It's not the biggest issue, but one of the issues. The, the engine modifications is a real grey area. It says for all aftermarket modifications requiring Department of Transport approval, plate, or certification required. It also says for road registered vehicles only. That's a real quagmire across the nation. But it's a door your own class. Who cares? People say, oh, Gons, you know, you, you, you sort of, you get too carried away with this and, you know, you've got to look at the big picture. This is the big picture, right? The, you cannot argue with this. How many people go to the track? How many people race? That's the two big pictures. Okay, if we just went back to traditional drag racing, right, with the traditional classes, we would be in a better position. All this fragmentation and changing indexes and changing this and changing that hasn't helped anyone. It's mm. made it's made it less competitive uh, for a lot of classes. And yeah, I, I, I and the safety argument. I love hearing the safety argument. I I, I had a top sportsman car in. Uh, a couple of weeks ago and I said you know I really like I, I don't get why this class even exists you know it should just you guys should all just go back to Superstand oh it's a safety thing Gons you know the difference in speed at the end of the track right well there's this thing called Superstock right <laughs> and CMSA is the slowest class and those cars run you know 130 mile an hour thereabouts right and then you've got a altered production where they run way over 200 mile an hour okay so that argument goes out the window because you know that you've got the same speed difference there that you do in top sportsman if not more so no doll your own racing is about you racing your lane that's what it's about it's about you cutting the best light you can and running your car as close as the dial in as you can without going quicker. Mm, right? yep. Doesn't matter if your car runs 10.99 on the dot 
or it runs 550 on the dot, it makes no difference because you should be running your own race, mm. right? So I, I don't get it. To me, we're just going backwards. Hey, we're going to take a break here on that. On that, that really was a bombshell, that one. And on that bombshell, we're going to take a short break here. We're going to be back with discussion on some uh, world motoring and motorsport news. So we'll be back right after this. The Auto One Customer Loyalty Program, the Auto One Club, has been designed to provide privileges to loyal customers. Head on over to www.auto1.com.au and click on the club membership tab or alternatively head into your local Auto One store and ask about the benefits that come with being a loyal Auto One club member. While you're in the store, be sure to check out Auto One's extensive range of impact automotive garage tools, floor mats and coolant. The Impact Automotive range offers quality products at affordable prices. From a three-ton heavy-duty trolley jack to an adjustable mechanic seat, the Impact Automotive range has a garage tool that'll suit your needs. The range has also well over 20 different types of floor and boot mats to suit your ride. They come in rubber or fabric with a PVC backing to stop slipping. Also in the range is an extensive choice of coolant whether it be pre-mixed or concentrate, the long life range of red and green Impact Automotive coolant is bound to have a product that suits your needs. To view the full range of Impact Automotive products, head on over to www.auto1.com.au or visit one of their stores. Auto One is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices. Coupled with their team's knowledge and experience, Auto One, it's the one. Alright, during the week actually, Midnight Bob, you'll catch him midnight most nights till 6am and then on Thursdays he goes right up until 8.30am and on Saturdays he goes up to 8.30am. Midnight Bob, he uh, sent me this new story this week actually and uh, check this out, Bugatti, now this isn't, um, this isn't going to be a production car, this is a bit of a concept car that they put together, uh, it's the Bugatti Bolade, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's reached 311 mile an hour, and it is powered by one of their famous W16 quad turbo uh, eight liter motors. Just let's just check it out here. This this got me quite excited actually. I quite enjoyed watching this. Let's have a listen to this. That is a mean looking car, Nick. That's what I was saying earlier. That, that is, is a Batmobile and a half, oh, isn't it? Mate, it just it's so aggressive, you know? That is definitely going all on. <laughs> so anyway, thanks to Midnight Bob. Now that actually has a shape shifting air scoop at the back there. So it at high speed it actually changes changes shape as well and, and helps with the aerodynamics of the vehicle as well so, so active aero yeah active aero basically <laughs> so that was i found that quite interesting so thanks thanks to midnight bob for that and uh if you're interested in watching the video it's a seven minute video we just played a short clip there uh, you can catch that i'll share that on our facebook page as well i was quite excited by that um we've seen um the release of the electric hummer I don't know. How does this sit? 
I mean, we're, we're talking about um, 735 kilowatts, 2,033 newton meters of torque. Uh, it's going to come in at 112,000 US dollars. Won't be available in Australia. And, It'll uh, pass emissions. Yeah, it, it will. It's been <laughs> produced in the in the US, and. Um, now, they've sold out in the first 10 minutes, but they haven't revealed how many they're actually building. So that's quite interesting. Not hard to sell out something that you don't really have a number on. But anyway, I found, yeah. that, I found that quite interesting, saw that. And that'll be under, that's coming out of the GMC factory, which I did not know. That's, that's going to be produced out I, of the GMC factory. I'll also give Hummer credit, or GMC, mm. the media spin they have put on their new electric Hummer is... Nothing short of phenomenal. They've mm. taken some YouTube celebrities. Mm. I won't name names, but YouTube celebrities that have been in the past very heavily involved with Tesla. Mm. And I think large suitcases full of money were thrown at at them. And they were given uh, solid access to the test vehicle. Oh, wow. Um, I will probably actually chuck a few links up on my page that I'll mention later on. If you want, wish to watch it um work i work with a couple of people that are very heavily involved in teslas and developing local stuff for teslas making sure they are adr compliant etc etc that's jürgen is it yeah well i don't work with jürgen i work with one of his good colleagues nigel mm -hmm. um the words were used uh is a complete load of codswallop the electric hummer and that's where i'll leave it oh so this is just a media exercise yes feel good exercise Yes, I actually—I was actually dead keen. I was all, "Look at this! Wow!" And I got shown the facts and figures. So again, well, so <laughs> will the yeah. U.S. Army buy them? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> but have you noticed that the high have you seen a lithium-ion battery go up? <laughs> yes, it's, it's a reason I keep them in a ballistic blanket at home. Okay. <laughs> And that's legit. I keep the light. You keep lipos in a ballistic blanket for RC cars, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to be sitting on top of one. I'll give you the tip right now. But look at the charging as well. Like three hundred and fifty out of their three hundred and fifty kilowatt, three hundred and fifty kilowatt high speed charger. It will. It will take ten minutes to charge it for one hundred and sixty kilometers. So, so who has a hundred and fifty kilowatt charger? Three hundred and fifty. Yes, yeah, sorry, three hundred and fifty kilowatt charger. What I want to know is how big do the power lines need to be going to your house? I, I don't think it's possible. I don't think Actually, that's... there is like that is that is some nasty. That's some nasty. Yes. Three hundred and fifty kilowatts of electricity is a lot. Oh yeah, that's. Anyway, we'll leave it there, but I, I don't think that's a realistic... I, I wouldn't be able to charge that at home, and I don't plan on getting one either. So, Not that I have anything against electric vehicles, but the Hummer at 100. So there are a few few things that we should just mention here about electric vehicles, because <laughs> I have spent a lot of time researching this. So you know how when you drive your car and you get on the highway cycle, you use less fuel? <laughs> doesn't work like that with electric. doesn't work like you use more power on the highway because it's continuous mm -hmm. than around the city. Yep. Right? So, the driving range of 160 kilometres, interesting that someone changed it to kilowatts and kilometres because America would be horsepower, foot-pounds yeah. and miles. But anyway, 
Yes, <laughs> it wasn't me. Is that city, 160 kilometres, or is that highway? Because that thing there looks as aerodynamic as a small building. <laughs> a oh, barn. No, yeah. That's a block look, of flats. A block of flats. Yeah, it doesn't look aerodynamic <laughs> at all. It looks pretty cool, I must say. It does look a pretty duplex. cool. A duplex. Uh, cool in... I don't mind the look cool of it. Cool like but... as in it looks like a Ford Ranger. It does, doesn't it? It does a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Even a bit of Hilux or now yeah, Land Cruiser, bit of, bit modern of gen Hilux. Tundra, Land, yeah. Tundra, bit yeah. of Toyota Tundra there. Tundra, Titan, whatever, all mixed into one. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So you're saying it's not going to happen, Todd? I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it's not going to be what everyone thinks it's going to be in a year and a half's time. It's cheap. 112 grand is cheap. That's like, what's that in yeah. Australian money? Three million? And, no. <laughs> yeah. About 160, I think it is. It was 70 cents today. Oh, we've gone up. Yeah. 100. We're still like... Four million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only, only one of your houses. Hang on, I'm, I'm, you know? hang on. Hang on. You're just converting it. Remember, you've got the dealer, you know, the dealer cap on top of that. And you've got the Holden and Ford luxury car tax. Luxury it's, car even tax. Even they're not yeah. built in Australia anymore. You're There's still, nothing built in Australia. Why are we paying all these taxes? Oh, this is a whole podcast that you're not even talking about one day. I, yeah. Listen, I'm I'm just excited that we're you know, we're actually calling this episode ninety seven and not ninety six and a half or ninety six point eight, you know. hundred and sixty eight hundred and sixty thousand eight hundred and fifty. Plus the luxury car tax. Yeah, so plus the GST. So two I'm just gonna ball, ballpark at two twenty. We're gonna two. I reckon two fifty. No, just three twenty. It's, it's irrelevant because I'm not buying one, so it's all. Thank you to everyone involved. I won't be kidding one. <laughs> all right. Hey, moving on. Movie replica cars. We see a bit of a trend in movie. Rep, believe it or not, not movie cars, but people mocking or building up movie replica cars. Yeah. Can you believe that pile of junk Ford Explorer sold for twelve grand? Yeah, I can. Because it's been, it's got a wrap. It's got a vinyl wrap from There's, the Jurassic Park. No, no, no. You guys, you're failing to see. It's the fact that it's an Explorer and it's still running. Yeah. It hasn't rolled over because the fire tones. <laughs> the fire stones. The fire stones are delaminated. No one's died in it. The gearbox hasn't completely exploded. Uh, Tor converter hasn't exploded. And that Hilux, not not the DeLorean, but the Hilux from Back to the Future, it's up to sixteen grand on. Bo- yeah, but that's worth sixteen yeah, grand. There's a Hilux. I would. Yeah, it doesn't I, need to be Back to the Future. That's would, sixteen grand US pesos there. Yeah, even, yeah. even thirty grand Australian. I'd They're throw money at that car. I'd have it out the car park right They're now. They're collectible. At thirty grand. It's an SR five. Yeah, it's an it's an SR5. I'd, I'd throw 30 grand at that. He doesn't in a get heartbeat. it. He doesn't get it. It's not an XW. He doesn't get it. I'd love it. Okay. All right. Anyway. That, didn't, that, didn't expect that, that did like, I mean, I guess that it, it's, a, it's a bit of a growing trend, like building movie replica cars, not genuine movie cars. We're, we're talking replica, building replicas from the movies. Just don't build an Eleanor. They're not called replicas anymore. Mm. What are they called? Clones. No, they're not called clones. What are they called? They're called... Uh, Reproductions. No, no, they're not called that. Oh. They're tributes. Tributes, that's oh. true. Yeah, they're tributes. called tributes. This is not the real car, this is a tribute? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Wasn't there a Ford as well, the Ford Tribute or something? <laughs> I think it's probably still in production. In Brazil? <laughs> All right, we're going to have to take a short break here and we'll be back right after this. 
All right, welcome back. This is the Talking Power Podcast, episode 97. No, not 96.25 or 96.75. This is episode 97. And uh, we're talking all things motorsport and motor racing from around the world. Now, we had Oscar Piastri, actually, uh, turn some laps. 500 Ks, actually, in Bahrain in the 2018 Renault Formula One car. I'm surprised they could get 500 Ks out of that thing. They didn't didn't say how many engines they went through. (laughs) Biggest pilot, that thing. But anyway, anyway, look, I mean, it's good news for Oscar. I'm a big fan of Oscar Piastri, and uh, we're looking forward to him uh, doing more and more laps. So, you know, he's got a Formula 2 ride for next year, and we're looking forward to seeing him, um, I reckon, in three years in a Formula 1. Who knows in Formula 1? It could be tomorrow if something goes wrong yeah, someone changes good... their shock, socks the wrong way. That's, you know? that's true. Well, how did he go? Like, were his lap times... Yeah, there was... Oh, look, I yeah. haven't got the lap times here, but apparently quite good. No, quite, yeah, yeah, from what I saw, he was pretty pretty good. Yeah. For, you know? Yep. Age, yeah, no, car, etc., etc. Et he actually did better than George Russell did. Yeah. Yeah, George Russell. How do you think George Russell feels right now? Crashing behind a safety car last night. <laughs> he, he, he crashed. So poor George Russell. Look, I feel really bad for the guy. But that was a really... Just warming up the tyres, lost it and hit the wall. I'll be honest. I was uh, doing some other stuff, watching Magnum P.I., I think. The remake, anyway. A like, remake what, of Magnum P.I. Oh, yeah, it's pretty... It, it's pretty good. He drives Ferraris. Anyway. Um, I'm sorry, but... Look, that's just ridiculous. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> for that, how interested I was in F1. But hey, look. So who know, plays who plays Magnum? Some young guy that's apparently famous in America. I don't know. What Ferrari? The they same. actually... They uh, have a 488... Oh. Um, no, yeah, 488 drop top. You know, the problem with when they do these remakes is they completely stuff the story up. Yeah. So the original story was that there was this unknown that no one no, had no. ever met guy. So, same story. No one's ever met the dude. He lives on there as security council, but he's fought in Afghanistan, not in Vietnam. Anyway, how do we get to that? I don't know. Sorry, but I was watching that. My, okay. my phone exploded about this F1 stuff. Like, I mean... Hang on, hang on, hang on. So, so who's the caretaker? It's yeah. actually a chick this time. It's done pretty well. See? So, yeah, no, it's going to be Higgins. Does she it's have Higgins. She has, yeah, she does. She it has, should yeah. still be Doberman's. Higgins. Yeah, I know. should still no, be Higgins. They still have the same... The dogs and they... But should be the same guy again, like the Phantom. You actually, know? it's car related. It's got Ferraris in it. He doesn't do a burnout on the grass and then drop it onto the bitumen. Yeah, he does. does. Oh, God. The they got yeah. Dobermans? Yeah. <laughs> and they and they crash a 308 in one of the episodes. The original Magnum P.I. car. I was a bit upset about that. I shed a tear. I'm not really a fan of the GS personally, but <laughs> it's any Ferrari I'm never going to be able to afford. I reckon, but anyway, the GDB, the GDB is nice. I won't be able to afford any of them. That hey. Targa, that Targa roof ruins it. Yeah, yeah, it no, loses all that. Yeah, you know. yeah, it's a good point actually. <laughs> hey, speaking of, oh look, while we're on Formula One, let's just hats off to Lewis Hamilton. Let's let's just look. We need to chat about Lewis Hamilton. Ninety three GP wins. Seven times he's not the seven-time champion yet. It's pending the results of this year, but let's be honest, he's yeah, going to do it. He's got it. It's in the bag. He's led five thousand laps, second to Michael Schumacher, ninety-seven poles, one hundred and sixty-one podiums. And I've written here: if you think about how hard it is to excel in karting, 
then excel in Formula Renault and win a championship there, then excel in Formula 3 and win a championship there, then excel in GP2 and win a championship there, then get your seat in a Formula 1 car and win a race there, and then not only just win a race, then win a championship there, and then do that seven times. Let's So for everyone that bags Lewis Hamilton, please stop, because this is the greatest of all time. As yeah, much I as know, that, but isn't it sad that he's such a sook? Oh. It, it is sad, but let's put that aside. <laughs> G-O-A-T. Sorry, Todd. It, no. There can be no one else. No. G-O-A-T. Greatest the, the of all goat. Time. Greatest of all time. No. So tell us. Your thinner or your shoe markers? No, because but he's, he's, ta- he's taking Schumacher's no, not, record. He's, not, he's, he's not based on records, though. Based on if he was given a piece of trash car, would he still do it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. But, I mean, that's that's very open-ended. I mean, if you're going to put that argument forward, then, you know, you Weber got uh, Fangio and yeah. Sterling Moss. But there, it, I mean, Sterling Moss was, was the greatest driver to never win a championship. Mm, yeah. That's my two cents, anyway. Anyway, but, but we need to... I know I give Lewis a hard time, but we've got to stop doing that because we are looking at greatness here. And I was shocked to hear him say in the press conference last night, he goes, I don't know what I'll be doing next year. I really hope he's around next year. Hairdressing. I really hope he's around next year. Well, I mean, you, you kind of want to... You want to leave it at the top. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know. He'll be a team owner. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Or a development coach, like... He will jump back down to class. Nah, he might be a mentor, but I don't think he's going to be an owner. Todd, it's it's not like he he's worth a lot of money. Yeah, all right. But to be a team owner, you got to be worth a lot more than he'll ever be worth. All right, well, just just turn it out there. He's the the last team owner, really. The last genuine team owner is Gene Hass. Really, yeah. he's it. Yeah, but he's he's wealthy, multi-billion, not yeah. billion, billion. Um, so really, the last was Frank Williams. Mm. Yeah, and they sold this year. Yeah, so. all right. Yep. And and the thing is with Frank Williams, I don't know if you know the story about how he got the sponsorship deal and everything, but um, he was very shrewd. So so he was that poor that he couldn't even afford a phone at the workshop. <laughs> So they they used to wait at the phone booth. I didn't know this. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So he heard that um, uh, the Saudis were, you know, interested in, in Formula One. So he positioned one of his Formula One cars with Saudi air all over it in the foyer of um, the hotel where one of the princes was, well, the, the prince that was into it was staying and um, you know, it, it was a bit, bit of a shit show because <laughs> you can't just go. You imagine just dumping a car out the front of a bloody person. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, that's how he got the sponsorship oh, deal. There you go. Um, and he managed to to hold on, you know, for a very, very long yeah. time. Oh, he's done extremely huge well. Effort, huge effort. Huge effort. Big, big effort. Hey, look, we'll take another short break here, and we'll be back. We'll close the podcast right after this. Oh, 
All right. Well, welcome back. Episode 97 of the Talk and Power podcast. I'm here with Todd Brinkworth and Simon Gonzo Travellini, and I am Nick DeCembury. Now, we spoke about Basil Zemplis last week, our new Lord Mayor in Perth. And I thought we were going to talk about Targa. We'll, we'll get to that in a sec. We'll get to that. We'll talk about sec. Basil first. Oh. Yeah, I think it's a little, little bit lighthearted fun we're going to have here. But anyway, we, we um, he, he, some of his comments this week have been um, already people asking him to stand down as the Lord Mayor. We won't get into those comments. <laughs> But, um, hang on, why don't you want to get into the comments? Oh, that's probably a bit political. Is yeah, no, a... please don't. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just thinking of likely candidates to replace Basil Zemplis. I was thinking Rick Kelly. Or Fa- or Fabian, <laughs> Fabian. yeah, they're both yeah. out of a job yep, now. Yep. Alex Albon. Um, Gary Ablett. Ke- yeah. yeah, Gary <laughs> Ablett Jr. He's got plenty of time. Alex Albon, he's got, he will have plenty of time on his hand. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Giuliani as well. The former, we saw him in the news this week with his part in the new movie from Sasha Baron Cohen. We need to move on to Targa West and just give you guys a, like a bit of a review of Targa West. I know it's it's been and gone. Like what were your what what were your what were your thoughts, Todd? Four days of not sleeping. <laughs> Yep. And I was just taking photos, but mm. so I, I went. I took my two-year-old son to the Ellenbrook stage. Mm. Um, I, I read the program wrong, so we got there an hour early. An hour is a long time for a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very long time. Very long. That fucking day. It's eons. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a week. Um, but once the car started going, um, you know. I, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, I thought it was a little bit sketchy where I was standing thinking, eh, what happens if they don't make that corner? But thankfully, everyone that I saw could drive. Um, and it was awesome because you got to see the cars go past one way yeah. and then the other way. So it was, um, it was very cool. Um, if I was going to change anything about it... Um, I think that the the PA system, someone needed to do a sound check and just um, take take care of that because um, yeah, some of them were pointed in the wrong direction. Some of them you had to walk past while they were blaring. Um, a little bit uncomfortable, especially with a two year old. Um, but overall, I thought it was it was awesome. Mm. It was uh, great. You know, I mean, where do you get to go and see that level of racing? Uh, for free, mm, nowhere, right. nowhere, yeah, nowhere. nowhere, and and you know, big, big, big uh, hats off to to the everyone involved. Not not just you know the organisers, but the council, all the volunteers. Um, you know, it as far as that side of it, top marks, mm. top marks. Um, I think that there are a few things that, you know, if they run it through there again, I'll definitely go again, mm. definitely. Uh, just a few things that could be tweaked here and there. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – yeah, and it was, I thought it was a good turnout too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a very good turnout. And, uh, look, I, I managed to get out to 2J as well Saturday morning and caught up with Todd and David there as well and James from Shannon's. And we had a great time in the 2J stage Saturday morning as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. Now – I'm going to ask you guys a question. Here we go. Do you, do you believe in the supernatural? Do 
What's this relating to? Well, you know, with the amount of hexing that that Lotus got, do you you think that supercharger belt snapped by itself or was willed to snap? (laughs) Well, do you believe that if you get enough negative people together and they hex something, that it'll break? If you go and check out uh, a good uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Brendan's uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and sorry, Brendan, you'll kill me. You were talking to me earlier. Because race car? Yeah, because yeah, race, yeah, car, because race car. I'm trying to think what else he has. Instagram, Facebook. Well, he had no idea. He was at my shop the other day, and he had no idea about the controversy regarding the, the Lotus. Oh, no. I, I, he started asking me, and I kept it dark on him for a purpose. <laughs> so you ruined it for me. Anyway. He's got some great footage, hasn't he? He basically Brandon, said yeah. that apparently a rock came up underneath the car, snapped the blower belt. Yeah. And then yeah, they that's, had, that's completely plausible. They had this issues is why, getting the new belt on. Well, you normally got to get a lot of crap out of the way, yeah. but not the easiest thing to, to Especially work when on. the motor's like east-west yeah. or west-east, and then you... Yeah, anyway. Well, when that motor's in a Camry... <laughs> 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 you, 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 yeah, it's not that easy to get no. the belt on. In <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, but... Uh, my short you know I'm right it's a Camry yeah. motor you know I'm right I, I've never, never disputed otherwise <laughs> my short and third four day version is um, I had a ball again for me I uh, for the first time in a couple of years was on the other side of the fence in mm. terms of spectating so I was uh, media doing photos etc etc it also gave me a great chance to go hang out and speak to a lot of officials and again you, you don't realise that it's the volunteer officials that make the world go round like in oh, these events there's so many of them and I mean you hats off so to many. Smithy and well David Smith and Ross Tapper of course they put it together superlatively oh no it was just but, I mean I went uh, on the Friday was one of my favourite days I was at Mundaring Weir Hotel um, having a chat with a couple other photographers and a fellow podcaster um, Beauty Snaps having a chat and then he went one end I went another end no other photographer in sight they were all the zigzags so then I went up and stood on the corner of Weir Road on that side road that goes to the Weir Hotel. Got awesome photos because I was in person there. Then I had a chaplain official and he goes, oh, I need a bit of a hand. Can you just hang around? No worries. You know, stood behind the tape and made sure everything was going all right. Made a lifelong friend the other day. And that's just me hanging out, mm. spectating. Yeah, um, look, it's it just <clears throat> such a big event. Yeah. And, you know, just incredible. I'm spewing that I didn't get down to the um, the all four day uh, etc. part of the the event there on the on the foreshore, mm-hmm. um, but you know I would have been there by myself because I was there. You know, Top was wind there. up or something. Footy trophy day. The Sunday. I'll be honest. The uh, the Sunday uh, again. The Saturday and the two day was very good. I had good talk to James. Um, yeah, good day on the Saturday. Very long day. A sad day is always very long. I was still in two, uh, Bullsbrook at half past five in the afternoon. I actually give credit to the competitors because they've been in a car for since 8am. It's a big day. Yeah, but Brendan was saying that he could not believe. It's like you finish this stage, bang, quick, let's yeah. go, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, go. It's on yeah. to the next one, yep. Um, yeah, they don't mess about. Sunday, there's a good turnout for well, the all-four day classics in the classics in the park. or mm. Yeah, uh, but hot. I think I think the heat put a lot of people away. It didn't 
Yeah, it was, have, it was 34 that day. It didn't have its normal... It's always hot on your four days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't have its normal gang-busting, like, shoulder-to-shoulder, you-can't-move feel, but there were still a fair few people there. What was good to see is they um, let a few more cars on the riverfront this time, and people were able to cross over and walk along the riverfront, look at cars, then walk around the back of, essentially, your Esplanade, but uh, watch from there... Families with the eskies, the whole lot, camped out almost like a sky show, which was good to see. Yeah. yeah. But again, it was just a bit was weird. that was that because of COVID they had to separate the cars for social distancing. <laughs> no. Don't know, but whatever they did work. They got a fair fair turnout. Um, had a fair, fair lot of stuff on display. It was a good day. So, so next year, Nico, the footy wind up or <laughs> we're good next year. We're good. We're good. But next year will be a cruise for the All Four Day. Well, no, this year was a cruise for All Four Day. The cruise ended there. Oh, at, at yeah. Home, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we might actually get to the All Four Day mm. show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's a yep. big thing. It's thumbs up. The, for the me. only the only downside <laughs> is it doesn't have that excitement like the the GM Day. We I went to a GM Day not long ago. Three years ago, whatever it was. I had jokes, but again, shout out to everyone that we coming to see us at the GM wrap-up day shortly. So we'll just move along. Go on, Simon. No, well, yeah, just uh, myself and, and one of my friends, um, we, we came up with all these games like Find the Polarizer. <laughs> and a shout-out to all the yeah. rock fans that come and I say I was being nice. <laughs> and we did, man. You know, there were some cars there with it. My cousins had the Polarizer in it. I remember. Yeah. So. If anyone out there has a polarizer, feel free to bring yeah. it to the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'd actually love, like, in all gen- generosity, we'd love to see it, and I'd love to get a photo of it, please. We'll talk to you on the podcast. Yeah. You can berate us. <laughs> you can tell us how it works. Hey, talking of Targa, so Rally Sprint, you're locked in, Todd, for the talk in November. Am, uh, the, yeah, I am. We'll, well, I'll be there. The car might not now. Oh. Well, well, if the modifi- cars aren't going to be there, I'm not going to There's modifications that need to happen to the car that I want to get done by December. And Do you know that's next Thursday? Yeah, that's what's happened. Oh, okay. I, I'll know more tomorrow. Okay. Right. <laughs> what did you say? If that's, the car's not going to be there, then I'm not going to be Well, he wants me to go, but if he's not going to be the car... I'll, I'll be there doing some stuff. Maybe even again with our good friend uh, Because Race Car. Okay. So there you go. All right. Oh, is Brendan covering those as well? I'm going to try and convince him... I haven't told him entirely yet. Mate, he's got his hands full. He's only having them full of two, thanks to me. <laughs> he's got it's a baby a, on the way, hasn't he? Just keep him yeah. down at the drags, Todd. Yeah, I am. Don't worry. There's stuff happening. And I've told him that, you know... And Targa Bunbury as well, so you'll... Yeah, that one I'm lock, no, I'm locked in for that. That's yep. why the car might be getting some modifications done for Targa Bunbury. Are you so, talking a cage here? Yeah. yeah. Okay, probably. Hence why he was looking at his laptop earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, do that in your own time. No, that's the rules. It's fine, Arthur. <laughs> hey, um, Simon, anything you wish to add? What are you up to? Uh, mate, I came straight from work. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm up to. I, um, I don't know if it's going to happen or not um, because we haven't dynoed it. But uh, I might just throw my sticks in the air and see how they land and try and run the Merc on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, I like that. Because she's entered for this weekend. 
so yeah, I don't know. It would have been nice to dyno it, but you know, I thought about it, and you remember when we started racing, Nick? Was there even any dinos in Perth? If, if there was, we didn't use it. I don't remember the Dado ever, ever once gone on a dino. Not once. Ever. The Dado, the Cortina, the stack of XDs and XEs. It did go on Capri. a dino, but it was called the Black Dino. Yeah, the Black yeah. Top. So, um, yeah, True. I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to get there in time. I, I had hoped to get a lot more done tonight. Um, it's just you know dumb things things that that uh i i didn't do on the car that that other people mm. did that you know we're finding little oh god that's not right and you know and it's awkward when the car's all together yeah assembled yeah, yeah so um i got a couple of things out of the way tonight that that uh i wanted to get done but we'll see how we go tomorrow we yeah. still got a, a few things to do if it's ready to go tomorrow then um you know, it's look. It's a risky thing because obviously those engines don't have a lot of safety um, in them in in the way they're built. Conrods are are not really that strong. So on the one hand, I don't want to break it, but on the other hand, I kind of am running out of time to you know. Uh, so yeah, maybe if if all the planets align, I'll be down at the track on Wednesday, and then the car will be racing on Saturday. With Andy behind the wheel. Good luck to Andy. Hope she goes really well. All right. Well, episode one hundred just about here, December thirteen, and uh, keep calling it end of an era. Gone <laughs> but not forgotten. The Holden Car Show, supported by Talking Power and Shannon's. That'll be at City Motors in Northbridge. We can't wait for that. That's December thirteen from ten a.m. to three p.m. You'll catch us there. Make sure you come. Say hello. We'll be doing interviews all day. We're going to have the the podcast set up like what we have here in the studio out there as well. So, and uh, you will see every Holden that was ever built. So, so just out of curiosity, with Holden going, mm. where will you buy your Camaros? What? Well, <laughs> at this stage, there's no Camaro slated yeah. for Australia. That's, oh, okay. The, the 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 GMSV have have pulled out of it. It's, yeah. it there are too many man hours to to add to it to change it to left hand drive. It's a right hand drive. Oh, it's not called HSV anymore. No, GMSV. GMSV. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. GMSV. It's got a real ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. So that adds that adds 130 man hours to change. Okay, Camaro. it's so not available in Australia. If they're not bringing the Camaro in. Mm. Right, then what GM cars are they bringing in? Zero. There is no GM right-hand drive vehicle being produced so what, anymore. What's GMSV going to build? Silverado. Con- they're going to continue with the Silverado and and Hummers as well. Okay, and and uh, lift kits for Colorados. <laughs> 
wow, that that is a bombshell. <laughs> Not that bombshell. <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for tuning in. Our, all of our listeners on eighty-eight point five FM and iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure you can get us from uh, www.talkingpower.com.au or wherever you get your iTunes from. We're on TuneIn Radio now as well, which is international. Wow. Did you know that? No. Do you know TuneIn Radio? I know it very well. Yes. Every morning. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll listen to myself. You'll you listen go. to yourself. We're yeah. on TuneIn Radio as well. well that's, that's big. That's huge. I didn't tell you. No? No, we're on TuneIn Radio. my idea about a year ago? Yeah, no. I think it was. I was oh, born out of your idea. Thanks, Nick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for coming in. We'll catch up with you soon. All right. See you, Nick. See ya. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.